0: This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller and his guy Friday, Christian Blatt. What's up, Hiroshi? Let's light this candle. Ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Miller!
1: Hey, folks. Welcome to the Dennis Miller Show. Christian, are you there? Yes, sir. Not so loud.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I'm
1: here. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but I spent the last two days walking around approaching complete strangers and just blurting out Zendaya is a revelation. You know, I'm glad that people are finally waking up to this. Uh, obviously,
0: this is the most important person of our time.
1: Zendaya is a revelation in euphoria. Critics are so funny. Are we going to have a critic on, Christian Tutt? We are going to have the toto on good good anytime you can find anybody who thinks that rob schneider's a free speech genius but not well, me i i think uh i think <laughs> i think he has a netflix show that he yeah. felt uh, <laughs> <I'm
0: teasing>. <laughs> <laughs> but i Jeez, did want to make been sure that that was
1: christian for like is that his name christian <laughs> yes yeah. around 43 years i've never been called anything but uh i'll sit here as he tells me about uh Tony Stark's snow (laughs) film. No, no, you were right. Tony Snark.
2: Tony (laughs) Snark.
1: Oh, that's being interesting. Uh, And like an old coward thing. By the way. Everybody's sitting around My dinner with Tony. (laughs) If you had to
0: guess of a a character from the Spider-Man mythos that uh, Zendaya plays, who do you think she plays in the Spider-Man movies?
1: Uh, Aunt May. It's not too
0: far off. That's Marissa Tomei. She's Mary Jane Watson, you know, the uh, lovable redhead.
1: (laughs) It's Zendaya now. Um, I don't know. I, I know she's on uh, Dancing with the Stars. I don't know much about it. She's a Disney star, right? Yes, that's. Well, they always have a part where they break out and uh, they become a revelation, don't they? And she's a revelation in Euphoria, I see. But uh, I don't know much about it. I assume that it's like uh, young people, nude and stuff, right?
0: That was the impression. Yeah, I saw. I kept seeing commercials for it before I would watch Chernobyl, and uh, I decided that it it was not for me. Uh, but, uh, I hope people out there enjoy it. Um,
1: Chernobyl was the, uh, the not feel good hit of the summer. <laughs> Jeez, Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, Alexander Skarsgård's old Matt. Correct. Yes. Right. Uh, and that's the, uh, oh, I did watch the first two episodes this season of Big Little Lies. Have you ever seen that?
0: I have not, uh, I have not seen that. My uh, wife loves this, it. But
1: it's funny, is it? She's funny. She's great. And uh, Nicole Kidman's a little, you know, she's always playing. It's like her films either seem to be like uh, a moneymaker. I I saw her on the plane, and the guy next to me is watching Aquaman, (laughs) I think she plays his girlfriend or something. No, uh, she's his mom, actually. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. Wow, uh, she's not
1: that old. No,
0: but that's, you know, that's Hollywood. (laughs) Yeah, so anyway, the I saw this his mom now. Yeah. Oh,
1: that kind of makes sense. then, Because they, uh, the scene that was on, he went to kiss her and it wasn't passionate. So no, yeah. that makes sense to me.
0: Um, I mean, I guess, you know, everybody <laughs> interacts differently with their mom. <laughs> and by the way,
1: Aquaman. Can I, uh, uh, what was Vinny Chase with Balco? What is? I can't believe that was uh, Jason Grenier or whatever his name was called. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's... Adrian Grenier.
0: Yeah, that's Jason Momoa from Game of Thrones. Uh, Adrian Grenier or Grenier, however you say it, that was the pretend version of Aquaman on Entourage.
1: Oh, all right. Sorry, I got all confused. I thought he was jacked on the same thing Mark McGuire is on. And by the way, is there going to be an Aquaman 2? Yeah. Can you put a reminder in your computer to uh, send him a Momoagram Um, (laughs) congratulating him?
0: You know, I don't do this often, but
1: that deserved this. <laughs> anyway, um, what was I talking about? Oh, Big Little Lies. Um, the girl from The Descendants, I think that's what it was called, the Hawaii movie? Yeah, Shailene Woodley. Yeah, she's she's really great. In it too. Her acting's great, but I, sometimes when somebody uh, goes into hair and makeup and the haircut's too studied... Yeah, (laughs) You know what I mean? You think, geez, if you're going to be regular, you can't be. There's something about being uh, tousled by Rodin, you know, the sculptor or something, where it takes forever to get. uh, I I just think you should show up with your hair tousled, uh, if that's the word. That is the uh, word. Her hair is a little too proscribed. It's like, uh, I don't know, for a while there when you'd watch Friends and you'd think, how early does Ross have to get into the chair there to uh, uh, get that suitably disheveled look, you know? <laughs> get in at three in the morning with uh, Cecily Tyson in the next chair for Jane Pittman. Anywho, um, Zendaya revelation. I, I'm inclined to agree. And uh, is this, is Brad
0: Thor on this show? Brad Thor is going to be on uh, another show, show, a show that will air on Tuesday.
1: Uh, would you say that Brad Thor is low-key <laughs> 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 have i made a bad joke there Arr, no, I'm really, I'm really, <laughs> really hammering us away with that one all right i just to because i couldn't even wait till the show he was on. <laughs> that, i had to say that no. let's see there's a guy on um i just wanted to take a moment here people say i don't reach out to fans uh the cat um i was reading our um we actually have pretty good notices on uh the itunes store there are reviews that you can read and some guy have some of those and i guess he downloads uh for sully z is his name he uh asked me to uh i don't even think do i talk about politics all the time
0: no, I think Might most episodes
1: sometime. we talk about it
0: a, a little bit, and then some depending on what's going on. We, you know, especially if we have like a Victor Davis well, Hanson. Well,
1: this was one on. of yeah. those whiny. Oh, you know, I love the show. Quit. T- no, I won't. Sully, you should quit.
0: Wait, is that Sully the guy who flew there the plane it upside says, down? This is for
1: Sully Z. that. I just wanted to say, I I don't want to put you through it. I'm not being mean, but I'll probably have to talk about it. And I know, you know, when somebody can you imagine a grown man writing? And, and why do I think that? Maybe it's a woman, right? have you ever met a female sully yeah and he was literally it seemed like it hurt him a little or tired him out or i I couldn't quite tell but it seemed like a genuinely impactful thing in his day that we would talk about politics and it hurt him in some way or bummed him out and i i just wanted to i remember thinking i should take time and in a non-vituperative manner say sully what what do you i can't believe you download this come on quit being so whiny I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Christ, Christian, how, when, when do we start this show? Like a second after? We're, we're you actually. Say, uh, Lindsay says, Dennis, and I say, yes, you ready? And we start.
0: We're going to start about eight minutes from right now.
1: Yeah. And, and you sense that I'm the type of guy sitting here taking notes <laughs> the night before. I write down four shit jokes and I tell them. <laughs> and I so, talk about whatever pops into my head. But the Sully guys out there. I'm going to listen to this for an hour of my day. And what do you think people are awake? No, I'm not going to say he sleeps eight hours a day. People probably sleep seven, right? I'm trying to be accurate.
0: You know, he he feels like a six and a half guy.
1: So he's got 17 hours in his day. And some of the, you know, let's give him, well, a lot of people listen to things at work though, right? I don't know if one 17th of your day, if something you, that you like is making you so whiny, you can't do it. Come on, Sully, if you can... Here I'm not talking politics. Here I'm trying to give you a Tony Robbins speech. Wake, come on, wake up. Quit. Either do it or don't do it, but don't do it and whine. It's so unbec. What a whiny fuck culture it's become, huh? Wait, would don't you-, you have to download a, I mean, even you- on the radio, wouldn't people inadvertently? Maybe go through you on the way to another station when they would turn the knob or something. Yeah, I mean you have to actively seek it out. Yeah. You can either stream it or download yeah, I get it. it. It's I'm probably not telling subscribed. everybody to do it. I, you know, some people are going to listen to because they hate you. Some like you. But the sully guy seems so genuinely put off that we would talk about politics that I, I just wanted to say to him, "Did you see the Trump rally last night?" All right, um, let's talk about uh, other things in politics. But I, I just, I'm so, so, I'm so sick of whiny people. Do you want to hear a quote from someone who praised the show on Apple Podcasts? Um, Jen Lexington, who thinks you're hilarious. All right. I just, um, uh, it's women. You know, I'm watching a show called Street Food on Netflix, and all the women in these shows are strong, and all the guys are sitting at home running up debt in their side business, you know, their side <laughs> hustle. And- sure. know they're in Ho Chi Minh City working a side hustle I thought uh, I would make uh, I would make flip-flops out of tires Shut (laughs) the fuck up go cook something (laughs) so he always runs them onto the ground then the the woman's getting up at one o'clock to pick uh, mud snails out and cook them all day while he sits at home and thanks her for being his savior but quite frankly you know, he's the one who ran them adrift in the side hustle. And, and you know, it just reminds me, like, Christ, guys have gotten whiny. It's so becoming now for men to be uh, whiny. And, uh, you know, I can't say I don't do it once more, but about serious things to some degree. Uh, not about which podcast you choose to download and listen to for an entire hour and then I get off. Can you, I mean, is, is, I'm just saying, Christian, is that your life? Uh, and, and I guess it's his life, but isn't it weird? I I think that
0: it's weird. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think it's weird that he sees this show as too politics heavy. You know. I think obviously he he likes you, and that's why he seeks out the show. But I, I mean, if you listen well, week to week, well, do you think week, he'll like, still
1: like me? That when I say that I don't like people like him, and I don't know him. He might be a great guy, but that I when I see people going so far out of the way to be whiny about something that they like, I guess I just think oh, is there anything. Uh, more tedious than the woke generation. Alright, there we go. Um, sorry, I had to express Sully, you gave me an option. This shit's been it's not just you, it's inside of me. I I always think God, what a whiny, defensive thin-skinned, emotional hemophilia culture we've got going. And you just allowed me to uncap it. I'll let it go now. You can listen to it or not listen to it. I'm sorry, but uh, I, I just shook my head as I read that. Did oh, you see
0: that our rating is 4.8 out of 5?
1: on Apple Podcasts, that's a very high mark. Oh, I see a lot of people with fives. I think most people have fives, right? It's just that I have... Uh, well, it's uh, there are Some people just hate your guts, you can tell. Sure. And they're just going to log on give you the one, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which kind of sc- screws the curve or something. But I, I do think most people just get fives, right? I mean, across the board.
0: No, I, I don't think so. I think uh, I think the black cast is a 1.2.
1: Really, yeah. I, I'm I, listen. I run before I forget. I know you're a baseball fan. Two things: Keith Hernandez was on Stuart Varney this morning. Oh, nice! And he was so funny, and uh, he's uh, so unabashedly uh, Keith. You know, Varney has this awkward thing where he'll put people into a corner. He doesn't realize, I think, that by saying you're for Trump if you're in a business that's predicated on popularity, that you can put the person in harm's way, not because half the country, or I think even a little more than half now, I think he's doing a good job, but that uh, it's just commerce, because you get people out there whining about that, that you like Trump. So he just said, are you a Trump fan, to Hernandez? And I said, good for Keith, he just said, yeah. He said, why? And he said, well, the economy, he said, across all uh, stratas, race, creeds and colors, seems to be people working. And, uh, I just like the fact that he's candid. And, uh, he said, uh, you know, and I, I he said, that's just my beliefs. He said, anybody can have their own beliefs. And I never even talk about this except when you ask me. He said, it's just <laughs> conversation. You can tell he was thinking, we move yeah. on from this now? Yeah, please. But he was very candid about it. And, uh, he just said, uh, yeah, you know, hey, I've got my own life. I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to change it for other people's opinion. I find that admirable. The other baseball note is, I just finished a slim tome, and uh, do you know that tome is hmm. uh, in Spider Man? Is this a revelation? No, it's Marisa Tome. <laughs> um, that's. Uh, will that be her autobiography,
0: Tome's The Tome's tome. tome? I I hope. Or would it just be?
1: home with the little accent over the e and you yeah. have to figure out how to say it yeah that's cool um um lots, um, lots. everybody's uh, you know what uh, they're shooting west side story again i saw that and uh instead of the sharks and the jets they're having the umlots versus the uh the willy wonka creature The and uh my money on the umlots the scandinavians tougher kids but um, I'm reading Ron Fairley's book, very sweet. And Ron Fairley got an amazing career Christian. I don't know if you're hip to him, played with around six teams, was a longtime announcer for Seattle and uh, San Francisco and the California Angels, but he was a dodger through and through for 10 and a half years. and uh, I-, I looked at his final batting averages 285, 215ribbies, over a thousand or. Um, 215 homers, over a thousand ribs, you know, an appreciable career, quite frankly. And, uh, but he tells some great stories in there and some just sweet stories. His is a sweeter book than some of the uh, behind the scenes things. But I had to call my son at 11 o'clock at night. This made me laugh so hard. He was talking about Yogi Bear. (laughs) And I thought I had heard every Yogi Bear malaprop. Including hold me boo-boo. <laughs> but um, what about that episode? He will sleep to noon, and so will <laughs> Burt Ward boo-boo beside him. But um, he goes. Uh, uh, he's standing at a batting cage somewhere in spring training with Tom Seaver and Yogi Berra walks by. And Seaver says, uh, Yogi, what time is it? And Yogi Berra says, um, right now? i I thought i'd heard every yogi too but i'd never heard that (laughs) right now now. (laughs) Uh. that's so genius in a way isn't it i mean isn't that uh, every existential isn't every existential author you've ever read Trying to weedle it all down <laughs> to
0: that. Uh, since we're talking about uh, colorful baseball characters, uh, did you read about what uh, Lenny Dykstra was up to over the weekend?
1: Um, not, not being a marrow donor for Ron Darling. <laughs> Certainly not that. But, uh, no, Ronnie doesn't have that. It didn't no. he
0: Ronnie's, Ronnie's back to work. So, uh, whatever is. it is, yeah, it's, I, I don't know oh, if he's great, if he's great. Uh, got the same workload, but I, I know he's back sometimes. So, uh, he, he seems to be doing better.
1: But, oh, uh, that's, that's another story in the book I have to tell you real quickly go ahead. before I forget. No, you go ahead. Why am I? I'm not, <laughs> my story is more important, but remind me after your story to tell me my story. Sure.
0: What? Uh, so Lenny Dykstra, as you may or may not know, he, uh, doesn't have any teeth anymore. And he has this like custom made 80,000 pair of dentures uh, that uh, I guess it's made out of bone marrow or something, oddly enough, which as you said, he's not giving Mm -hmm. to Ron Darling. He was eating at a, a Jersey Mike's sandwich shop over the weekend and he accidentally threw them away. So he spent 9 hours going through the dumpster and he tweeted out to see if fans wanted to come help him sort through the garbage and uh he did ultimately find his $80,000 dentures but uh that he spent
1: star nine- is <laughs> so crazy on so many this like yeah the Arabian nights it's so <laughs> fantastical and this and this is like not in his
0: book this is just his real life this is just the weekend
1: wow so uh, how do, you, how do you lose all your teeth in a modern world? I mean, he was a car wash owner. And yeah. I mean, and those brushes don't abrade like that. No. That they would wear down your. Um, you should see his undercarriage. Trans cuspids. They're no longer bicuspids. <laughs>
2: you know, Not anymore. It's
1: transitioning to a molar. Um, but uh, that and that he would be eating at Jersey Mike's and imagine. Well, that makes what, sense. Well, not that. That's not a bad (laughs) sandwich. I'm I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying uh, that the the uh, imagine losing the part of you that allows you to ingest sustenance that keeps you alive and not noticing it. (laughs) You know, this is like uh, Ahab stepping out on deck in the morning and. Uh, oh, he forgot to put his leg on it. You just hear kaboom, you know, and he's laying there, and it's like somebody help me, Billy Bud, could go get my my prosthetic. <laughs> <Billy Bud. laughs> the fuck do you lose
0: your teeth? Well, for I not guess I, I guess that uh, you would think that if you have false teeth, it helps you chew, but he takes out his teeth to kind of gnaw on the sandwich. Uh, so yeah. to I don't know to make it last longer. This this is Lenny for you, but uh, oh, so, so he, he takes marks, it out, yeah.
1: yeah. And um, um, and then how do you t- how much trash on a daily basis? And I read Dom DeLillo's Underground, oh, which is a brilliant uh, underworld, underworld, uh, brilliant treatise on trash. How um, what is underground? Um, how how much trash is your average Jersey Mike's going through on a day that it takes nine five hundred and forty minutes to find something? How many I'm, bags of trash are they going through?
0: I mean, I'm going to assume it's a shared dumpster with, you know, maybe it's like a little strip Wait, mall or so something. Were you
1: in an improv troupe called Sh- shared, shared dumpster? dumpster? Yeah, I <laughs> remember that. We, it, was, it was Harvey Lembeck's son, Michael, and he ran it out of a garage that he shared, time shared with Jeff Corey, and I think Dennis Hopper set up some sort of post-industrial art installed down there. It was off the alley in Santa Monica where that school crossroads was, yeah. and... Uh, I remember. Anyway, well, ahead.
0: we were going to have our big break. We were going to have a pay-per-view <laughs> special. <laughs> so but our bad luck was it was the night of the OJ chase, so no <laughs> one bought our pay-per-view special. And uh, I'm doing podcasts now. Uh, Callings, damn you, Callings. <laughs> uh, so you had a story you wanted to share from the uh, Ron Fairley book, or maybe oh, about Ron? Oh, oh right,
1: right. Uh, Bob Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Tavares steps in for the Pittsburgh Pirates now I followed the Pirates then uh, Frank was could not hit <laughs> I, I, I think they they split time you know who the other guy was that he was actually a better hitter than but still the other guy was Mario Mendoza of the Mendoza oh, line yes. which is 200 Yeah, uh, he was a good club man but he really could not hit and uh, he always looked like uh, to me he looked like a doctor working in the Panama Canal with uh, trying to cure some sort of bug bite. He had that sort of wan, sallow look with half glasses, Mendoza. So, you know, what is this way? You weren't surprised he was clocking in at 191. But Tavares, not a great stick man either. I think at a good year, maybe 234. So it's not like you're being threatened uh, by the guy. He tries to... He, he's in an exhibition game against... Uh, maybe it's not exhibition i don't know why that sticks in maybe it, that would make my point where he steps in against gibson and he tries to bunt <laughs> and uh, he misses it the second pitch gibson drills him right near the heart Fairly, <laughs> he, he says it's the biggest thud <laughs> Except for uh. and the the uh, the trainer comes out i remember the parts and it's probably tony Barterome with that the uh, spray thing of friso you know it he's thudded he's out and if it hit him right on the heart you've heard enough of those things where a guy sure. gets checked or something this is about a bunt and gibson says uh hey tell the fucker to learn how to bunt on his own time <laughs> <laughs> oh i love that christ that wiped me <laughs> out And he's got great Ted Williams stories, too. And uh, it was a rip and read. And I was surprised to see that Ron Fairley's now 80 years old. That's how life whips by. One of the uh, boys of, well, not the classic boys of summer, but he at least straddled that line. He was there the first year that the the Dodgers came out from Brooklyn. Oh, I I thought that I had missed a memo. You know,
0: coming out means something different these days. No, no.
1: But he was there the first year and uh what about this they hold a benefit game for roy Cam- to honor roy campanella you know who campy is right
0: oh yeah they they still uh
1: they still have a lot of events but, you know three mvps uh hurt in a car wreck uh, paraplegic not quadra so he still was able to come to spring training and tell like the kids stories and you know he, he he manned up to it like a, a catcher would you know the tools of the trade and uh, what are you going to do? You have no choice, but I'm just saying what a motherfucker that is. Hmm. And uh, they it's an exhibition game where the Dodgers have a Thursday off and the Yankees have a Thursday off. The Yankees fly. Do you think teams would do this anymore? The Yankees fly in from the middle of the country somewhere uh, on their day off and play the Dodgers who fly down from San Francisco. Then the Dodgers have to fly back and play a game that night. That's how tight the schedule wow. is. Or um, play a day game and then fly down to L.A. to do the campy thing. Two games in one thing. The The Yankees obviously can't do that from the middle of the country, but they do come out on their off day. They play a game at the uh, Memorial Coliseum. Ninety-three thousand people show up to honor campy. Wow. Can you believe that? and uh the uh Pee- the great Wee reese who was a tough motherfucker man you know when jackie robinson came up he got n-bombed. <laughs> can you imagine like cats like alvin dark and that just hated the fact that yeah. they and uh they had this great scene where they're in a game and everybody's screaming at him from i think it's the st louis team and uh As he goes out to the field, literally just dropping the word, you know? Yeah. And uh, Pee Wee Reese strolls over and puts his arm around him and looks into the dugout. Is that clean? I like that. I mean, really, goosebumps. Uh, The little man making, uh, you know. (laughs) Imagine a guy named Pee Wee being the biggest man of all. And uh, it reminds me of there was some cat who ran for Germany, and it's 36, and Jesse Owens... Uh, Wins the race in front of Hitler. (laughs) Right. And and here's uh, the the, this is when Hitler's piquancy, you know, this was 36, I think. So, you know, everybody knew he was crazy, but they didn't quite know what a monster he was. But I remember uh, this is when you got your first glimpse because he was dreaming one of his aides because he had shitty seats. No, he uh, (laughs) he was in the Hitler box. (laughs) And uh, the guy who finished third was a German guy. And one of the, you know, the good Germans, as they say, I think there was a movie like that. Just one of the citizens who thought, holy fuck. And uh, he went over and uh, in front of Hitler, hugged Jesse Owens. And put his arm around (laughs) in front of 100,000 people in Berlin. And you just think, uh, you know, for all the Albert Spears out there, for all the Lini Riefenstahls out there, you know, the, the succubuses in the court, the ass kissers. There was one guy who just, you know, walked over and hugged the black guy and gave him that look like Master Ace, my ass. <laughs> and uh, you always admire those people. I read an interview with Albert Speer once in Playboy magazine. He was Hitler's architect. He played the did-not-know game like everybody else. You know, I just wanted to design buildings. But he was interviewed by somebody. It might have been Lawrence Schiller, who ended up uh, a bit player in the OJ thing. But I think he was on a Playboy's preeminent interviewers for a while there and the playboy interview was quite the thing i mean really it was fascinating some of them some of them were phoned in but a lot of them were very integral you know i remember it was my first introduction i read one with uh uh, in between massive bouts of masturbation (laughs) thank you um yeah and listen it was clearly delineated yeah i would put i had bought a couple of those rubber stoppers from the express lane (laughs) at (laughs) vaughn's Sure masturbate, sure. masturbate, masturbate, masturbate. Yeah. Rubber stopper down, read the interview. Yeah. Rubber stopper, masturbate, masturbate, masturbate. But uh, I re- the first time I read about George Lincoln Rockwell, who was the head of the Klan, I was only so scared of the Klan, from uh, the FBI story with Jimmy Stewart and Murray Hamilton, uh, when you'd see those guys in those hoods marching through the seats. So that was when I maybe one of my first quasi-adult forays into seeing what made that poison tick. So anyway, the Playboy interview, but Lawrence Schiller, let's say it's Schiller. I might have that wrong. But uh, he interviews Albert Speer, who lives in some Bavarian castle. And the mental picture I always have, and I don't know why, if this was in the descriptor, but uh, it lit from underneath, like sort of like 30 Rock, those floodlights. Sure, yeah. And he spends dinner in this castle with Speer talking about how he didn't know, he had no idea. And then uh, Schiller gets up to pee in the middle of the night. You know, and even when you're at Hogwarts, at some point you've got to get into a room where there's a toilet. So he's in this castle, It's a, you know sort of a Camelot feel, but he strolls out to go to the bathroom, and down at the end of the hallway, the Burt Lahr hallway, with the big picture window, Spear is looking. It's snowing. It's a blizzard outside, and it's lit from underneath all the white swirl. And Spears standing there looking out the window at like 4 in the morning. And... Uh, I remember the interviewer sort of contending that uh, I think Ingmar Bergman called that the hour of the wolf it's the yeah. hour where you're if you're still awake you're having trouble with something that's haunting you <laughs> <laughs> and, and he said uh, he kind of knew in his heart that he, he's uh, I, I was wondering if he was down at the end of the hall wondering if he was bullshitting himself whether he knew or not about Hitler you know to advance his career kind of a fascinating glimpse anyway um i believe our guest is with
0: us if uh lindsey can uh, check on that Uh, uh,
1: christian toto are you there boswell to rob schneider sam johnson what's up toto okay hey now
0: hey now oh i heard a hey now
1: (laughs) (laughs) he's the editor of hollywood in toto and is my prep work i was over there reading a couple articles and i saw a good one praising Rob Schneider. Rob is very, uh, I I don't know, Rob Rob has a pretty idiosyncratic list of political beliefs. I wouldn't say he's one way or the other in in Toto, but I would say that he always is uh, preaching up free speech for both sides, even the ones he agreed, and I thought Christian hit the nail on the head there. The site is at Hollywood in Toto, T-O-T-O. Christian, welcome back to the show.
2: Oh, Thanks for having me.
1: You sound clear. Are you in with Christian in the studio? (laughs)
2: i made a quick jet trip
1: oh i'm just saying the connection we have is so clear that i was wondering you must be in a studio somewhere because it doesn't sound like a phone call (laughs) um i've been seeing these articles turn up lately no doubt that you've noticed that you have your antenna pricked up your ears in joe wharton way um uh, woke films are starting to get tedious aren't they when when they sort of lay storylines in that Maybe Godzilla, we don't need to know his stand on, you know, uh, social issues. Uh, I I know some of the films aren't doing as well. Do you think that uh, the the woke thing is starting to get boring?
2: You know, it is. And I think audiences recognize that. For the last few years, a lot of comedies have gone in this direction, sometimes like a tiptoeing in, sometimes in a real aggressive fashion. And often it just kind of overwhelms the comedy, the, the laugh part, which I would think would be important. And uh, I think audiences are kind of getting hip to that. And I, I just don't get it. I, you know, I, I long for 10 years ago when we could have a hangover movie where people were behaving badly. But I don't know if that's really acceptable these days. And I think comedy is suffering as a result.
1: Well, listen, they they've formed such a rigid star chamber in Hollywood that I almost feel that these are uh, they're, they're almost pro forma. That 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 ring has to be kissed, that box has to be checked or people worry about whether they get the next film or not. You, you know what I mean? I I just think it's so easy for them to make the guy with no teeth have a MAGA hat on in a movie now and say, OK, we've checked that. Now let's get on to our movie. It, it almost seems that's demanded.
2: Yeah. The weird thing is that people like Seth Rogen, who is very funny and has made a lot of great comedies. He's been talking in interviews about, well, I'm kind of, I kind of feel badly. I, I made super bad. It wasn't, it wasn't the message I wanted to send. It wasn't as uh, empowering as it could be or should be. Well, we all laughed at that movie. And, you know, you can make characters who aren't very nice or maybe are cold or cruel or callous. And we can laugh at them. It's okay. We don't have to use them as role models. They're just on the screen. And I think that's being forgotten.
1: I can't believe that he, a guy like that, and obviously when you watch his chops, you think, okay, he's got some, uh, obviously he's got some instincts here. Yes, uh, I don't know how they don't hear how kind of tired that is. Or It's uh, not every moment of every day has to be spent in the pursuit of true north. And indeed, like you say, if you flashed on me with Seth Rogen and say, what, what, what it sticks in your head? And I, remember, I just remember laughing. Th- and many things where I've said, oh, that's so wrong. I, I don't know if wrong wasn't an arrow in his quiver, if I would even know who Seth Rogen was.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny. When I was a teenager, there was a space shuttle Challenger explosion. It was an absolute tragedy. And I remember in my high school, there were kids making dark jokes about it. Like, in a way, sometimes humor that's tasteless can be our way of processing things, of going through the motions, or just understanding it, or just even distracting us. And I, I think that element of comedy has been lost at times and i I miss it
1: um i'm trying to understand why um why rocket man has done so poorly now i think i read a great theory i want to see if you adhere to this that uh the pg-13r thing uh where the freddie mercury film pays homage to just quite frankly he's, he's sort of like uh barnum or something you know like the showmanship and the Elton John thing was more about sort of the ups and downs of the sometimes hangdog trip that he had to being Elton John. Do you think that's the therein lies the discrepancy? Because I think Freddie Mercury's film's north of 900 million worldwide now, and I think that Rocketman's probably going to tap out it too, right?
2: You know, I think part of it is. It didn't get me in the gut like bohemian rhapsody did i think the the last third of bohemian rhapsody was so celebratory i know it ended with the the aids diagnosis but that last concert that live age footage was so remarkable and so vivid that it it, it kind of left the theater with kind of on a cloud in a sense and i I never got any of that from rocket man it almost seemed like while his mom was a bit distant and the dad was an absolute jerk And that's why he did all the things he did with the drugs and things like that. It didn't have the same resonance to me, and I think that's part of the reason why.
1: Yeah, I haven't even seen Rocket Man, and I would be predisposed to see films about rock and roll because I dig them, but something about, I feel like I've seen it already with the Bohemian Rhapsody and had fun with it. I I thought Rami Malek was Mm -hmm. unbelievable. I see a film here listed I don't know the name of, uh, or I don't know the, the, the story behind it. The Dead Don't Die. I see you thought it was a great cast, lousy movie. Can you explain to me?
2: Yeah, this is from Jim Jarmusch, kind of a hipster indie director. And he gathered all his friends, like Tilda Swinton and Bill Murray, Adam Driver. And it's a very deadpan, very droll, zombie comedy. Now, everything I just said sounds amazing. But it's not very well written. And the actor's are just kind of wandering around the set. And it's clumsy. And it's not really interesting. And I, the one thing that jumped out at me, it's funny, I saw it with a very liberal friend of mine, and the messaging there was anti-Trump and, and anti-fracking, and he he turned to me at the end of the movie and said, D- do you want me to explain it to you? Because it, so, it was so in your face that even he, who was aligned with the message, didn't even care for it.
1: Um, boy, they're missing, even the hipsters, are, the cool kids have become the squares, that, that's so... Weird to me that lockstep exists in that community now. It's just I did not see that coming. I'll tell you who is uh, interesting to me and is still a movie star to me because of the same reason maybe Cooper was a movie star, He'd, less is more. I think Keanu Reeves is is a perfect for this time in my book. And I love the John Wick films And I don't even like violent films, but they're so violent. It's grand guignon. It's funny to me.
2: He's having a moment. It's a very weird moment. He's actually has a small but very funny role in Toy Story 4. Of course, it's just his voice. But yeah, it's, you know, it's funny. He was, mocked for a while he was you know accused of being a wooden stiff actor his career wasn't exactly red hot but it is right now and I agree there's something I think there's something about actors where you can sense who they are on screen even if they don't say a word I, I just get the sense that Ken is a nice fellow and yeah. he hasn't taken into the fame and kind of absorbed it
1: well you've seen where his plane had to emergency land in Fresno have you seen that footage uh no, it's, it's 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 an interesting thing you should look it up he was on a flight a commercial flight from san francisco to la the plane had some trouble they had to land in fresno a young girl on the plane ran her camera and just said i can't believe keanu reeves is on this flight with me we've just had to land in fresno and keanu's becomes so much of the tour group organizing a bus ride can we get something to eat you know he's standing there in a baseball hat just so normal not like normal cutesy like i'm keanu reeves and you're all, that I'm going to be normal with you, just regular. That it was really endearing. You should look that footage up. I think that is the key to why Keanu Reeves is, as you say, having a moment. Uh, what do we got coming out this summer, my friend? Is it going to be? A, I, I read a creepy review about something called Midsummer. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it, but something about some couple. It reminded me of the movie where it's Steve Zahn and somebody goes on a hike on the back of Hawaii. This one sounds like it takes place in northern Sweden with a American couple and some uh, enigmatic Swedes. What? Tell me what about Midsummer?
2: Yeah, the trailer is killer, and the reason I'm excited is, is this the director who just gave us Hereditary? That one was from last year, I think, for uh, Tony collette It was a very creepy, very original, very shocking horror movie that felt smart and like it had a, a, a kind of a unique vision. So I'm really excited about that film. It comes out early next month, and. Uh, you don't get too many really cerebral horror movies, but this one feels like it's heading in that direction.
1: Wow, and that's such an interesting tableau too, because I went to a, a, a famous restaurant called Faviken Magsenet, which was an hour flight north of Stockholm, up in northern Sweden, and the people were very sweet, but I do remember thinking it had sort of a, the, the David Lynchy vibe about it. So for somebody to pick out that venue for a, uh, for a movie that already interests me right there. Who's playing Joker now? And uh, why would anybody want to step in? Because as much as I did not like that movie, I don't like movies that are that bleak. I, I did think Heath Ledger was as as much the Joker's Clark Cable was Red Butler. I'm, I'm surprised somebody else is jumping in. Who is it?
2: Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. What a great choice. And I agree. It's It seems like a, a fool's errand to even try to replace that. But I, I think he's one of the unique, quirky, gifted actors who can give it a go. And I'm very curious about that one. I think this one could either... Be a debacle, or it could say, "Hey, if you if you thought we had enough superhero movies, just wait. We're gonna get a origin stories of every second rate villain."
1: Um, I'm I'm trying to remember who was the, the the visionary director who took that over, Christopher something for a while. Is he still involved, or oh, they moved Nolan. on? Yeah, is it Nolan still, or
2: you know, he may have some connection, but he's not directly involved. I think oh the I think it's the fellow who directed the Hangover films, sort of uh, getting out of out of character, but we'll see.
1: Um, And lastly, another film I don't know, and if they're indeed trying to do a Kubrick-free sequel to The Shining, you talk about fool's errands, which you just said, that seems crazy to me, because The Shining, a bit of a mood piece, but pulled off by a master, is what is Dr. Sleep?
2: Yeah, it follows the child who was focused in the first film, now he's an adult, he's played by Ewan McGregor. And I think the thing that always nags me about The Shining, not the movie, but the fact that Stephen King hates it, he has famously said it's too cold, too chilly. Not, I don't mean the physical, but just sort of the emotional tones of it. And he's never warmed up to the movie. So uh, this was the sequel he wrote fairly recently. And we'll see if it can even shine the original movie's shoes. I I, I just I, I couldn't be more skeptical of the project, but uh, you know, hope springs eternal.
1: You know what? I, mean, I, I always uh, am more enamored of authors who write something and then decide to sell it. And then you never hear another word about it. I, I, of course, movies are going to be different. Of course, they're not going to live up to the novel. You, you know what I mean? It's it's just like, I always find that amazing. The guys are that I sold it to Hollywood and they didn't, you know, Steinbeck gave me and they didn't do what I wanted with. It. I think, oh shut up. don't sell it. Let it be a book. You took the check. Zip it for a while. All right, we've been talking to Christian Toto. He's branched out, and I'm glad he has because he's uh, strictly definitely just not a, uh, a movie critic. I, I think he's got a keen eye for the society we live in. The site is Hollywood in Toto. He is Christian Toto. You can follow him on Twitter at Hollywood in toto and a genial bloke he's always helped us out and been a guest over these all right bye
0: thanks for listening to the dennis miller option exclusively on westwood one tune in to new episodes every tuesday and thursday on the westwood one app westwood one.com and on apple podcasts and
1: remember to rate review and share until next time that's the show and we are out of here from the westwood one podcast network